Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome in to another edition of the Team Narwhal 6 Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Patterson, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eric Colness. Eric, how are we doing today, sir? Hello, YouTube. Oh, we're not. We're not on YouTube. My bad. I'm good. <laughs> right on, man. What have you been up to? Um. Oh, you know, just everything sucks. Work sucks. I'm tired. You know, just the usual. <laughs> Same here, man. This is my least favorite time of the year. Once I get to October, work will be significantly better. But right now, it's a pain in the butt. I'm just getting over COVID now. So... That's been Quack. enjoyable Quack. too. Was that was that confirmed? Yeah. Confirmed. Confirmed. I was I was a positive test. Oh my gosh, dude! I don't know you and lived. That, the, honestly, the most annoying symptom was the loss of taste and smell. Oh my gosh! How long? Like, there's nothing else I can do. Like, if if you're just like basically laid up in bed, at least let me enjoy my food and drink, right? But I can't even have that. Well, Brutal. congratulations on your. Uh recovery thank you i appreciate that i'm glad everything is okay but we're back we're uh, back on track ready to rock and roll <clears throat> yeah apologies for missing a week but we're back and ready to rock should we get right into it man yeah we should have put you on the covid list we should have put me on the covid list didn't matter i won last week's matchup anyway uh, true, true, um true. i don't have what our picks were for week one and i don't feel like recapping how we did picking these games so we'll just pick it up <laughs> next week yeah um, but I will say one thing uh, uh, to recap, um, I guess we'll get to it later, but our actual recommended NFL bets for week one from the first podcast did pretty, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'm going to run through the standings real quick. Obviously, I think everyone knows where they're at, but let's let's give that a, a quick gander real quick. So in the in the Vaxxed division, I don't know if we're going to change these division names, but the current division names are Vaxxed and Bioweapon. <laughs> uh, in the, uh, inspired, yeah. inspired by Alec. Thanks, cool. Alec. Yeah, clear, clearly not uh, Mr. Got COVID <laughs> last week over here. Wrong, yeah, right. Wrong, wrong division. <laughs> Um, so in the Vax division, uh, JJ the Jeff plan led by me and uh, staff infection are both two and zero at the top of the division. We had a couple of one and one teams: JJ's CD's creamy nuts and Doug's Aaron Rodgers cups. Little boys, I believe. <laughs> the names cut off on my screen. I don't know everyone's names yet. And then in last over there, we've got Nate at a balmy zero and two, I believe. In the bioweapon division, um, DJ Russell, my chub, Alec leading the way, 2-0. and Then a couple of 1-1 one one teams, Nolan's Tanyan Rings, which that name took a little bit of deciphering again. Yes, yes, And yes. Uh, Will's Damp Nation picked up a win this past week there, 1-1. One and, one. and then at the bottom of the division, you you and Kyle are both 0-2, despite having some, some okay performances. Yes, of course, of course. Obviously, it's still anyone's ball game. We've seen zero and two teams come back to win this whole thing. We've seen five hundred teams sneak into the playoffs and win the whole thing. So, it's anyone's game. This isn't telling us a whole lot yet. I don't think. Yeah, no, I I have to agree because I'm zero and two. <laughs> yeah, you you have um, no other choice, right? Um, uh, Brett's Brett is a lucky slut, being two and zero over here with uh, not a lot of points, but you know. 
I think we'll it it all evens out, right? Couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, so let, let's go to our players of the week. We used to call this segment our Chris Hogan player of the week, and we called it the Chris Hogan Memorial player of the week. I think it was our Hogan's hero of the week. That mm-hmm. Once he retired, it became the Chris Hogan Memorial player of the yes. week. Yes. And then week one, apparently he's on the Saints roster and he scored a touchdown. So is it now the Hogan's heroes player of the week again? No, it's the Chris Hogan Memorial Hogan's hero player of the week. Got it. Because the award is named after the Hogan's hero. Um, so it's the Memorial, but okay, never mind. I didn't know where my brain kind of shut off there. No, I think but, I know where you're going with it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Regardless, I'll get mine first. Fill in the blanks. Um, yeah. Uh, Will Dant, he had a running back named A.A. Ron Jones with a balmy 41 hey. and a half points, man. That um, was I, mine. <laughs> was that yours? Yeah. <laughs> My bad. I should have let you take it first. We can no, have no. the same player of the week, though. It's acceptable. What did you want to say about A.A. Ron? Um, well, I kind of had a decent feeling that, that Green Bay was going to try and get him more involved early, and that they did. I think every they had multiple red zone trips where every single play ran through him. I think his third touchdown, they gave it to him three, first, second, and third down. So, I don't know. Green Bay switching up what they're doing, and, you know, four touchdowns just – Absolutely insanity from from Aaron Jones, but I won't. I want to see your thunder. What is or what? What else? What else uh, did you see out of uh, Aaron besides just the insane? Well, I, total? I just think if you're an Aaron Jones owner or an investor in the Packers offense in general, uh, this game probably eased your nerves a little bit after oh, yeah. one. <laughs> not sure. that you were not starting Aaron Jones in this game, um, but I don't think you could have imagined a, a better scenario for him to, to get back mm-hmm. on track. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that offense continues to evolve. Kind of acted as their second receiver in that seat receiving option in that game too, which was interesting. It seems like Aaron doesn't really trust anyone other than Devontae. And he was checked the ball down to Aaron Jones when nothing else was there. So that's something to keep an eye out on as well. Yep. Um, the other performance I would mention is Derrick Henry, who what, I think he had like less than 40 yards at halftime. But of course, with Derrick, that doesn't matter because tackling him for fourth quarters is just got to be the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And in typical Derrick Henry fashion, the longer the game went on, the less and less willing the Seattle defense was to tackle him. Um, however, Nate still couldn't sneak out a win so he does not make my hogan's hero of the week could could nate have theoretically is there any permutation where nate would have beat uh beat uh uh doug here i don't think so because oh there was yeah i believe correct me if i'm wrong here he must oh maybe not he must have did he drop someone i think philip Lindsay would have would have won it Oh, Phil. Oh, he only lost by three. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's why uh, I said it was really funny if he would have lost, if we would have, if he would have swapped out Josh Jacobs and started James Conner and still lost, that would have somehow been funnier to me. Oh, well, yeah, because it would have been 2.6. He would have lost still by one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. He could have started Philip Lindsay, which he probably would not have done, would be, a, would have been my, my guess. Almost definitely would not have. Yeah. But anyway, still hilarious. You lose with a guy who scored 50. So. Cracked me up, man. Um, moving on to our next segment, uh, the waiver wire. So far, it seems like seems like everyone's getting the gist of how to use Fab. The big question of the week is 
did Steven overpay for Tony Pollard? <laughs> um, I don't I don't think so. I think I mean it's one of those things is I think the later into the season it goes, like how how high the the value goes down, maybe until like the very end when you're like really battling and you still have a lot of fab left if that's the case. But right. only you know, fifteen ish percent um, for a guy that saw like basically just as much work as Zeke. Zeke obviously looked pretty decent uh, week two as well, but sure did. Um, Tony, they're using Tony a lot, and I don't see them stopping anytime soon. So I think that's totally fair. Fifty about fifteen percent or whatever. I don't know what it was of your remaining, but I haven't spent that much. Um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't expect to get both Tony and Cordero. I thought someone was going to go big on one or the other, just based on my my bids. That was not the case, which was interesting. Um, how about staff infection picking up Ronald Moore? Or, uh, Rondell Moore. I feel like that was the other acquisition yeah. of note. Yeah, and I thought that was a, obviously a really good pickup from uh, Brett there. I totally have been so fucking busy at work that I didn't even put any... <laughs> waiver claims in <laughs> definitely would have for Rondell, and I honestly feel like I I probably would have done more. Uh, I think getting him for eight percent, eight percent fab uh, is pretty fucking low considering uh, he's been like you know ba- basically the number one option. It feels like at wide receiver. I mean, obviously not. Uh, I mean, not the number one option. I mean, he was. I don't know how many points. Uh, um, freaking DeAndre Hopkins had last game, but he's been uh, just as much involved in the offense for sure. So, and they've at been... least in week two. That's the yeah. annoying part. In week one, it was Christian Kirk, and I think that's going to be the annoying part about Rondo Moore and Christian Kirk is you don't mm-hmm. know which one's going to see more targets as the secondary option. But mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't it also seem like the Cardinals are just going to chuck it like forty times a game and everyone's going to see some targets? Yeah, I mean they have ten touchdowns in two games. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just going to keep boat racing people. Yeah, they're definitely slinging the rock. So, and alpha waivers, man. Like, it's all you're looking for value in a place where there is not a lot. You know, agreed. So, the other thing so, to note, I think Kyler to Rondo has to be one of the shortest quarterback to receiver combos ever. Yes. Need the stats department to get on that, but yes, just something of note. Rondo's just so slippery, man. Yeah, he's he's a uh, fast as fuck boy. Sure is. Sure. Um, last one to notice. I like the JD McKissick ad. I think it was Doug that added him. JD McKissick's kind of like James White light version at this point. I think in PPR he's got value. I didn't mind that addition. If you got to run somebody out there at flex, you could do worse. Yeah, I mean, def- def- definitely in the full in the uh, full full PPR. Like if you need a floor, if he's going to be a pass catching back like he was last week. Or he was more of a wide receiver really last week than he was a running back. I think he had 10, 10 carries, but he had like a bunch of receiving yards. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Definitely a solid pickup from uh, Doug Lotz. Yeah. Anything else in waivers that you wanted to, to make note of? Um, I have a waiver claim right now, guys. Try If anyone guesses what it is. Ooh. Yeah. Actually, wait, that actually might be super obvious. I don't know how many players were dropped on waivers, but I didn't think it was that many, but maybe not. Is it Michael Carter? 
<laughs> uh, no. Oh, okay. I'll give anyone a cookie if they figure it out, though. I'll, I'll think on it. I might come back to you at the end of the pod. Okay. All right, that's all I've got for waivers. Um, do you have a fun fact of the week? <laughs> I don't have any fun facts. Okay, I don't have a league fun fact either. <laughs> We're slacking here, guys. We'll come back to it next week. I promise next week I will have a fun fact. Wait, do I have a fun uh-uh. fact? Oh, one fun fact. What I do, I have a fun fact. But, eh. Oh, fun fact. This is, I guess this is not that fun. But in my work league, it's a 12-team league. I'm the only one who's 0-2. Of, of 12. <laughs> How's that possible? <laughs> okay, so okay, so that's part one, which is uh, super unlikely, right? That means, like, everyone who won in week one had to have lost, and everyone lost. that lost in week one had to win, except for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then beyond that, I have the most points scored through two weeks. No way. I swear to God. Isn't that unreal? Like, how that math checks out? That is unreal. It doesn't make sense. I wonder if that's ever happened in our league. That would have been a perfect yeah. Narwhal lost, League fun fact. I lost week one, 120 to 122, and then week two, 138 to 142. So, like, obviously close margins, hence the high points lost. But I think that still bodes well for your team, my friend. Yes. Yeah. So, obviously, that's a person, personal fact, but still interesting. No doubt. Couldn't agree more. Well, that being said, do you want to look at some matchups and pick some games? You know, what we're yes, getting yes. paid to do here. Yes, let's do this, good sir. All right. Let's start with username and password. Nate Pajenski sitting at 0-2, taking on me, JJ the Jeff Plane. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and get us started here. We'll, we'll try not to make this a 90-minute show this time, so I'm just going to try to pick out one thing of interest on each side, and then I'll, I'll kick it to you, maybe, um, and then we can... Each matchup. I think that's going to be a, a bit better format. Yep. Um, obviously, always interested in feedback from the audience as well. Um, obviously, one thing to keep an eye on on Nate's side is the Josh Jacobs injury. We mentioned this earlier. He doesn't exactly have a plethora of running backs that you're excited to run out there sitting on the bench. Um, I will say one thing that I'm interested in is Keenan Allen. You know, his stat line looks okay from last week, but there's a universe where he only ends up three for 30 if it isn't for the two bombs late that that herb hits to him and obviously we'll take those and those were insane throws but um if you're a keenan allen owner you you're maybe a little bit concerned about the emergence of of mike williams here now i think there's probably a scenario against kansas city where you know we're getting into a shootout back and forth and both these guys are seeing double digit targets that wouldn't shock me at all but just for season-long outlook um, I think that's definitely something to pay attention to. And then over on, on my side of the football, uh, my, my RB2 situation is going to be something of <laughs> – RB2 slash flex is going to be something of interest throughout the year. <laughs> um, Brandon Ayuk is missing in action. He's in the doghouse, and I'm not really sure why, Eric. There was a rumor that he missed curfew the night before the week one game. I don't know if that's true or not, that him and Trey Sermon both missed curfew. Oh, so I thought that was why. Trey Sermon, but I get, maybe everyone – on San Francisco just doesn't make curfew. Shanahanigans, man. <laughs> uh, it's going to be so frustrating the rest of the way. Do you remember how good Brandon Ayuk was last year? Like, he was featured in the offense, and he saw one target last week, 
which he caught, by the way. Uh, I can't run him out there till I see it. Um, obviously, now I have a couple of other options with Tony and with my cousin Cordero. Um, Michael Pittman had a great game, but now you have a new quarterback. Just a lot of question marks here. Uh, keep an eye on whoever I run out there at flex this week. That's the big question mark. What uh, what what are you looking for in this matchup? Um, well, first of all, one thing to note: Nate actually has Debo, so we we got a lot of San Francisco representation. And Debo's been uh, great on the bench, and Debo's been great. And obviously, Nate hasn't started him, of course. So, uh, of course. Um, yeah, and your side of the football, I think that yeah, there is a bit of a concern of your starting roster of depth with your RB two, or the, maybe not depth as much as like upside with your RB two and your flex play. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Pittman had uh, beasted out actually, had like 100 yards last week. But uh, I think what's prob I think I'm going to pick you here. What's going to put you over the edge is um, going to be that KC Chargers uh, game script and your Mahomes Kelsey stack. Yep. Um, I think that's going to be a hard thing for Nate's team to overcome, especially with the Josh Jacobs injury, which I don't imagine him. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many touches he'll get, if anything, how healthy he is just in general. <clears throat> um, obviously, there's a scenario where Derrick Henry goes crazy or Josh Allen finally has a good fucking game or something. But uh, I think that uh, Mahomes and Kelsey's going to get a net you the dub here. Yeah, I like that. I, I hate picking myself. I do think I can I can sneak this one out. Um, it. It becomes maybe a little more interesting if Debo gets snuck in there at flex. And then, of course, DK is going to go off because he's going against my Vikings, and that's just fitting. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah true, like, true, and, true. and you mentioned it. The, the thing that could go wrong is Derrick Henry scores four goal line touchdowns, right? Yeah, just like drops 50. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, I think maybe what gives me some upside, Patriots defense at home going against Jameis. I think there's an, an opportunity where Jameis turns into pre-LASIK Jameis here. Yeah. And and throw some INT. Yeah, can can omit the Patriots. They obviously had four interceptions last week against Mr. Uh, Zach Wilson, so Mr. Mormon himself. Okay. So we're both taking me there. I got it down on the board. We'll see if we got that one right. We're probably both wrong. We'll see. <laughs> Always. So moving into our next matchup, we've got Kyler's baby legs, which is you sitting at sadly 0 and 2, um, <laughs> taking on JJ, who took a, a tough loss against me last week, sitting at 1 and 1 now. Um, do you want to talk about your team first here? I'll, I'll, I'll let you set the tone before I. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk yeah. about my team. Yeah, I think that my team has not had uh, bad performances at all. Just I haven't had, like, I haven't put enough on the board to get the wins. I think that they, I've, my average point total has been pretty middle middle of the pack. So I'm just kind of waiting for my guys to show um, themselves what's up. Big people that I look at that I've been disappointed in, even though they've been okay, is Eckler and Stefan Diggs. Those are my first two picks. Um, uh, Eckler IRL football game-wise has been huge for uh, – the Chargers. He had a pretty pretty good game last week, of course, but you know, as my number one guy, um, I need him to have big performances like every week. So I think that's going to be a bit of a linchpin. Even more so has been Stefan Diggs. He's been again having decent IRL football games, but the Bills' offense just hasn't been what everyone's expected it to be like at all. So I'm I'm hoping that I can see more 
out of him. And then the last thing I'll mention on my side uh, is that I do kind of have this weekly conundrum at flex. Uh, I, I one of the got the dub last week because uh, Will blew me out of the fucking water with Aaron Jones. <clears throat> but, you know, I got Marquise Brown in there now. He's actually looked pretty good, surprisingly, this year for Baltimore. So um, I'm thinking about starting him. But then there's obviously arguments for uh, a few of the guys on my bench. Um, Antonio Brown's out with fucking COVID now. So uh, who knows? But I don't know. I'm I'm feeling okay despite being owned to. Um, and it's gonna be interesting to see how how the squad plays out. What do you What do you think? Yeah, two things that I'm interested in. Um, you know, Hollywood Brown has had he just had a nice showing on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. Granted, getting getting pretty free a couple times against that secondary. I've always liked his skill set. Um, he's kind of like proto. He he fits like the Antonio Brown mold. You know, kind of smaller receiver, really quick, really shifty, can change direction, change speed really quickly. I I, I kind of liked his skill set. Um, you wonder if it's starting to come together for him. If it is, you'd like to see it happen two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Same game. Other guy I'm interested in is, is Hawk. Um, he, to me, he's the number three tight end option in fantasy right now. Just yeah, because that guy. team doesn't have anyone else on the outside to throw to. Wouldn't shock me if he sees double-digit targets again. Um, yeah, kind of excited to see what he looks like against Baltimore. A little bit tougher defense, um, at least on the front seven. So those are a couple things I've got my eye on. Um, yeah, let's go over sure. JJ's side of the ball. Um, anything of note that, that stands out to you there? Um, JJ's side of the ball, I think that you look at uh, the uh, Dak and CD, CD Lamb stack, uh, stack against Philly. Uh, I think that, um, you know, Dak kind of weirdly shit the bed against uh, the Clippers. Uh but I think that against Philly, Philly looked terrible last week too. I think that um, both those guys they looked uh, hard on defense though. They did. They uh, they did. Um, but C D like he's definitely the most talented uh, receiver on that team, in my opinion, over Mario Cooper. So I think you know being able to start him at flex with you know Tyree Kill and Tyler Lockett, who've been monsters this year thus far, uh, gives JJ a pretty big advantage. If there's any Concern I have, even though David's looked really good, Cleveland's uh, D line is solid. I know their offense or their defense has actually been pretty bad this year, weirdly, but um, I mean, they got a lot of talent on the D line and they can stop the run. So David's been good, but uh, I'd be interesting, interested to see what his upside is, especially with how our, as to use a Matt Nagy's word, Sheem is. Uh, with uh, Justin Fields starting. <laughs> um, so, and then, and then I mean, you could really, I, I don't want to like just talk about everything, but you, you could really say the same thing about Joe Mixon against Pittsburgh. It's going to be contingent on, uh, to some extent of TJ Watts healthy. I don't I don't recall exactly if he's going to be okay. Um, I haven't seen the injury or the practice report um, today. But that like, oh, what's his, who's like their like a uh, tackle who's like Hawaiian or whatever. Oh well, there's Cam Hayward. Then there's also oh. like the Hawaiian guy that I'm forgetting his name. He was a he had like two sacks last game. He was a beast too. For, whatever. Pittsburgh's D line's good too. So I, if anything, uh, on JJ's end, the running back situation could be interesting. But his wide receiver sack is so disgusting. I think Dak will bounce back. 
I'm showing Isaiah Bugs as their starting nose tackle, and Henry Mondo is the second string. Neither of those guys sound Samoan to me. Sorry, I tried <laughs> so hard and got so far. Maybe I just think he's Samoan, but he's not. Um, he... You hit a lot of stuff there. I got one more interesting thing. You want to hear an interesting stat? Yes. The Minnesota Vikings corners, which on paper is actually a pretty good group, through two games, Pro Football Focus has none of them rated inside the top 90 corners in the NFL. That's not very good. Tyler yeah, Lockett um, has had two huge games. We're used to Tyler Lockett either catching like one or two bomb touchdowns, making your day, or giving you four for 48. Um, interested to see if he can keep it up against a secondary that's kind of struggling right now. That's the thing. I have my eyeballs on. Uh, pick it, Eric. Who do you like? Um, I'm not picking myself. No fucking chance, dude. Easy loss for me just based on the world I live in. Give it to JJ. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think Kyler and company boat race Jacksonville. I think Eckler's game script is really interesting, uh, really enticing. Um, and I already mentioned a couple of other guys um, that you're tied in the flex spot that I like to, yeah. to to keep it going. I think it's a tight one, but I'll I'll take you. Yeah. I'll All those things are here. very logical. You're you're being very logical right now, Steve. Also, Diggs going against Washington. I'm sorry, that Washington defense is overrated. Did you watch that Thursday night game? Their secondary yeah. is terrible. Yeah. If the if the front four doesn't get home, they can't cover anyone. Yeah, there's a few defenses that have just been bad that everyone thought was good. Washington. We're so Cleveland. bad at predicting that, man. <laughs> yeah. People forget. That's just the NFL. People don't forget. Right, let's, let's move on to our third matchup. We've got... Doug's one and one squad taking on Brett's two and zero squad. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and start on Doug's side of the ball. Um, <laughs> he's got two real hot hands here that I'm gonna mention. Cooper Cup kind of looks like Matt's go-to guy, and obviously yeah. there's all the stuff about well, he's the first one in to go throw with Matt at the start of the start of practice, and he's always after practice working with Matt, putting in extra time. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. Maybe it's just the way the offense is designed where Matt likes to look in certain reads, but he looks like the guy, and I know that makes you salty as a Bobby Trees owner. Um, the Tampa Bay secondary, they really struggled. Sean Murphy bunting still hurt. Carlton Davis got banged up in the game last week, and he was already questionable with a hamstring. We'll see what he looks like on Sunday. Um, and that game has the opportunity to have some points. Um Interested to see if Cup can keep his kind of wide receiver one status going. Um, and then the other guy with the hot hand over there is on the other side of the ball in that game. Gronk looks like easily a top five option at tight end, which I think maybe very few of us were expecting to start the season. There's just so many other options on that team, but the chemistry between Tom and Rob is just kind of undeniable at this point. You're going to keep running him out there. Excited to see if those two guys uh, kind of keep things going. Yeah, I think he uh, basically nailed everything else in Tom. I think Doug's really put together a solid uh, wide receiver core, similar to JJ's team, where you look at all three of his – you look at his two wide receivers and his flex, and, I mean, they're all literally wide receiver ones. So, yeah, um, you, know, you know, Terry against Buffalo, whose secondary is actually um, pretty damn good, I would – Beacon, I would almost expect maybe a little bit of regression out of Terry, uh, with whatever the fuck his name is, Heineke throwing him the football, even though he had a he had a beast of the game in what's his face's first start, 
uh, against the Giants. I think Buffalo's going to be much you're tougher not, matchup. You're not suggesting the sneaky Sterling Shepard against Atlanta play, are you? Good. Uh, I, I I would hate this shit scary T, but I feel like... You can't. I feel like that's getting too cute. No, I, I, think, I don't think he can either, but I'm just saying that I worry about his uh, upside against that game against Buffalo, but um, I think... Yeah, the to touch on his running backs, uh, that's probably where my biggest worry is. Uh, Miles Sanders, hard met for me. That he basically needs to score a touchdown to be relevant. Um, in my opinion, Dallas has some injuries on their line, so maybe uh, not as bad as I'm thinking. And then Najee's been a bit of a conundrum. Uh, he's getting carries, he's getting looks, he's been looking good. Um, last game, Ben actually, I think they changed their game plan or something. Ben was checking down to him a lot, and he got a lot of receiving yards. So, big question marks on the on the running backs for Doug, but I think uh, my receiver, my receiver core, pretty good. Obviously, Gronk's been looks like it's twenty sixteen for the, your boy over there. So, good stuff. Yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on to Brett's side of the ball, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, you know, two weeks isn't enough to decide how someone's fantasy season is going to project. Neither is really dude, how, three weeks. How is Brett but, 2-0, dude? What is this nonsense? I don't know. But here's what I'll say. <laughs> You're nervous about Saquon. You're nervous about James Robinson, right? Yeah. If they were going to do it, if they were going to show that they've got it still, isn't this the week San Juan gets Atlanta's defense, James Robinson gets a you know a positive game script as the passing down back and early down back work against, you know, Minnesota just ran the rock all over Arizona on Sunday. If they're going to do it, this is the week, right? And if, if, if they don't, you're kind of – you're starting to press the panic button a little hard, aren't you? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's his – First pick, flex spot is up in the air. Definitely worrisome. Um, Anything else you want to add on Brett's side? Those, those are the two yeah. guys I'm going to be interested in seeing their production Sunday. I mean, I the only I mean I would add another one. That I think something basically is that same boat as Julio Jones. Like I know he, I didn't like watch all that game, but I know he had six receptions for 128 yards. Um, the touchdown they overturned was a, a garbage booth review. I'm sorry. Um, he scored that touchdown. That's terrible. Yeah, for sure. So Fix I think, it, NFL. Yeah, so I think that it it bodes well if you were concerned after week one about Julio's production because the Titans look so bad. I'm just wondering how the how the Titans as a holistically um, are going to be. Because uh, I feel like the, the Seahawks just love letting teams just like just the, the Seahawks love going to overtime. Maybe I'm making that up in my head, but I feel like every no, they just play close games. That's they just, just play the close Seahawks. games. So you know, yeah. so it's like it's like a you know, I don't know how much of that was the, all the fantasy production out of the Tennessee's players was that, or if that's gonna be a sign of things to come. So I think Hulu's another guy I'm looking at. Um, so interesting. It is an important week for Brett. We'll see. I hope Saquon does good though. I'd be sad if he ends up just being trash. Same here. You gonna go ahead and pick it? Um, yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go safe here. I'm gonna take Doug. I think the uh, the wide receiver. Oh man, this is actually yeah. No, I'm gonna take Doug. I'm gonna stick to my guns. Um, wide receiver stack. I think it'll it'll get him through. 
too many questions on Brett's side for me. Me too. I'm I'm also on Doug here. I'm gonna go ahead and write that down. Recording our picks for when we go to record next week's podcast. We'll see how we did. So far, we've agreed on two. Um, yeah, no argument. I'm right there with you. Let's move on to our fourth matchup. We've got Nolan's Tanyan Rings at one and one taking on kind of a, a couple of letdown performances from Kyle's team at zero and two. Um, going over to to Nolan's side first. We've been talking about guys that you're thinking about. Do I hit the panic button yet or not? And for me, it's A.J. Brown as we're looking at this team right now. Here's a guy that you definitely drafted to have, you know, wide receiver one type of production week in and week out. And you just mentioned it with Tennessee. What does this offense look like moving forward? Um, I think we all just kind of anticipated that they were going to click right off the bat and everyone was, you know, going to produce the three-headed monster of Henry brown and jones and just hasn't been that way yet um i'm interested to see his production on sunday another guy that if he doesn't if he doesn't really show up against india on sunday my my hand's starting to press the panic button a little bit harder um not saying that you you can't sell a guy low but i, I would be i would be a little bit nervous about his production moving forward what do you mm-hmm. think on nolan's side um i think there's two big positive highlights on Nolan's side and for me that's I like I really like uh Jalen Hurts um this week against Dallas uh um you know Jalen's looked solid uh this year and I think that that's gonna be a positive game script situation for Philly I could easily see um him uh rushing for you know like 100 yards (laughs) yeah uh uh, that game so I like I really like Jalen and then another one who did Seattle just give up 50 fantasy points to well now that Mr. Derrick Henry now they're against Delvin Cook who's maybe better than Derrick Henry um as long as Delvin's healthy I could easily see him having a pop-off performance even though Minnesota is such a contrarian team maybe maybe he just won't do anything but you know, both Jalen and Delvin, I really like on Nolan's uh, side um, this week, for sure. Man, I hope you're right about Dalvin. I could definitely see that for Jalen. The rushing upside is there. Yeah. Um, going over to Kyle's side of the field, um, yeah, I, I got to think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is his flex currently. Um, not that he has a bunch of other flex options. That's got to be a bit of a another guy that you're wondering, is he going to do it? Um, you know, is he going to give you the production that you anticipated? I'm not super impressed with his ability. He's a little bit small, and he's not exactly running through contact like I think we expected when he was drafted, like we saw him do at LSU. Mm-hmm. And they're really not using his passing game skills, which is probably the best part of his game um, in any significant form so far. Um, I'm just not sure that changes and I'm not sure what kind of like the floor is relatively obvious and he gives you the chance for a touchdown, but his upside is not really there. Um, however, McCaffrey gets a really nice matchup. Justin Herbert's going to be in an absolute, you know, barn burner more than likely in that same game. There's upside here too. Um, that's just one I'll have my eyeballs on, on, uh, on Sunday. What do you want to talk about on, on Kyle's team? Um, yeah, I definitely agree on Clyde. I think that 
he might be in the little, the doghouse a little bit from fumbling at the end of that game. On that's Monday, a great point. On Monday night, but, <laughs> you uh, know, that's his first career fumble he's lost. That's actually crazy. That was a really good play by uh, uh, that that one dude. So, uh, was it but Patrick still, away? yeah, away, yeah, uh, yeah. That was nasty. Um. So, but then, uh, you know, the KC just can't run the ball. Like, I don't even know if, how much of it's Clyde's issue. I'm sure. I mean, I'm obviously to some extent it is, but they just can't run the ball whatsoever. And you do worry about um, him not being involved at all, getting any targets uh, in the passing game on Monday. Um. I think I'll talk just to touch on another player that you didn't. I'll talk about Chris Godwin. I think he had a really good game. Um, two two solid performances. Um, he's finding the end zone. Um, I think he's going to come up against his toughest matchup thus far against the Rams. The Rams defense has been one of the ones that I guess we're more correct about. <laughs> you know, Jalen Ramsey had a pick last week. I was going to uh, ask, who does, who does Jalen draw between those receivers, do you think? My my guess is Mike yeah. Evans, but I don't know. Yeah, I would I would say – but Jalen moves around, right, doesn't he? Or am yeah, J- I – Jalen yeah. doesn't necessarily shadow any one player. Um, so it'll be – that'll be an interesting game to see if the Rams are able to contain Godwin Evans. Um, I don't think AB is going to play. Uh, He's um, on the COVID list, right? Yeah. Um, unless like it was like a false pop. I mean, I don't know if I can know. So, uh, so Scotty Miller. <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scotty Miller, dude. It's Tom, Miller time. Tom loves Scotty. So, so I think Godwin's ups, upside could be limited uh, against the Rams. I think if they're in the talk about touch on the other receiver, Calvin Ridley. Uh, last week, he really um, he's getting a ton of targets every game, and he kind of showed last week that he is you know the wide receiver one early sees it's looking in that direction that he's going to be the wide receiver one that people want him to be drafting him um and he played Tampa Bay he's got a good defense so I think he's against the fucking New York Giants who are uh you know who's worse them or Jacksonville like worst team in the NFL so right uh I could definitely see uh Calvin uh having a pop-off performance for uh Kyle here I like it pick it um, and I'm going to take Kyle. I think Kyle's going to get his first win. I do, uh, like I said, like the upside of Dalvin and Jalen. But, I mean, you know, Kyle's roster to me still does not look bad at 0-2. Like Justin Herbert, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Calvin, Chris Godwin, like all like disgusting picks. Uh, I I think Kyle's going to pick up the win here. I hate uh, which... that we're agreeing. I've got Kyle too. I think, <laughs> he gets, I think he gets in the win column. I like that a lot, actually. Kyle Funkhauser, as his name is for some reason. He's been pitching a good bit in the bigs, Funkhaz, <laughs> out of True. the bullpen. True. True. I know. Oh, and one, one more thing on this matchup. So yeah. we, we've come to the conclusion it's Tanyan rings, like onion rings, right? Is that confirmed or we just assume But his name is Robert Tanyan. As no, it's Tanyan. So it's Tanyan right. ring. But even if it is Tanyan rings... Like how? What is what is what are onion rings relevant to? Like in no, the overarching theme of like a fantasy football team name, it's like is it just is it just because it's Tunyon sounds like onion? I think that has to be it, right? <laughs> okay. Also, just, okay. Yeah. I had to check and make sure Robert Tunyon was even on his roster. He is. Yeah, he's got him on the bench. Yeah, which makes it acceptable, more acceptable. Like maybe Robert Tunyon loves onion rings, or maybe we need clarification from Nolan yeah. on this. Yeah, true, 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 true. true. 
Nolan, respond in the chat if you're watching the pod. I love the name. Just we we need we need to do some uh, investigative work here. It's still not as bad as diphtheria. <laughs> Dude, that's a classic. That is classic. We do have to do a top ten all time fantasy name, a normal fantasy power rankings. Ooh, of names. I do like that. All right, we'll we'll do that one week in place of a fun fact, maybe. Yes. All right, let's move into our fifth and final matchup. We have DJ Russell, my chub, and his awesome artwork. Um, two and zero, Alec Underwood squad taking on Will, who picked up his first win as a member of the Team Narl Six Fantasy Football League. Congrats, Will. However, taking on a two and zero team this week. Let's see if you can do it again. Um, I alluded to this already on Alex's side of the football. Mike Williams, man. That guy. Dude. I think part of it has to do with the change in offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn being on. I, he wasn't the OC, but uh, he obviously an offensive guy, you know, probably had some say in how his personnel was used. He's not just running deep routes the entire game now. They're actually like using other parts of the route tree to get him open and he's big and physical and fast and has really strong hands and you know Herbert's willing to spread the ball around and get it to open guys I'm kind of excited about what Mike Williams looks like and he's had success against Kansas City in the past Kansas City's defense looks absolutely abysmal um yeah Mike Williams is the guy I'm gonna have my eyeballs glued to again in that game on Sunday um really looking forward to see if he can keep this going um what are you going to be looking forward to on Alex side of the ball? I think my – I want to look forward to – there's t- two things. Um, one is how is Zeke going to continue in this Dallas offense? As we saw last week, Tony Pollard was playing like a beast, especially in the he first He was electric. Quarter. He was electric. That guy he has was, juice. Yeah, he's so fucking fast. I think that hurts Zeke a lot because he could l- lose some of those goal line – some of those more, you know, pushing it out goal line type plays that Zeke's not, uh, not I don't know, not as quick for him anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they tried in week one and he couldn't get in the end zone. I remember you were complaining about that play. But, uh, yeah, see, seeing how Zeke does, he did have a solid game rushing. Like, yeah, he was averaging like five yards a carry, um, especially once that second half came in. Almost like a De- uh, Derrick Henry, people kind of got sick of tackling uh, Zeke. So, it'd been, I'm, I am curious to see what we see out of him. I think the other the other thing I'll mention is more of a decision. Alec really does have an interesting choice of what he's going to do at flex here. Um, I don't want to give him any. I don't want to say what he should do, but he has. I don't some think there bet- is a what he should or shouldn't do. No, no I know. Been... I know what he should do. I know what he should do. Um, but or what I think he should do. But he does have a. Yeah, none of us know what he should do. <laughs> yeah, none of us for sure. Should. <laughs> but he does have a choice to make at what he does with his flex position. Just, just, just say it, Eric. Marvin Jones. That's what you were thinking, right? <laughs> I'm not totally kidding. What I was kidding. Okay. Not yeah. Funny. I'm assuming you're you're thinking a little DJ more action. How good has Brandon Cooks been so far? Brandon Cooks has been amazing. And however, I, he has Davis so Mills happy. throwing to him this Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, questionable. We'll see. I don't know, Alec. What do you think? Flip a coin, dude. <clears throat> Flip a few coins. Um, yeah. To your point, real quick, too, do you, do you uh, about Zeke and not being as fast as Tony? Do you listen to Skip and Shannon at all? Uh, no, dude. Sk- Sk- Skip was making the funny. Obviously, he's a diehard Cowboy fan. He was making the funniest argument on Skip and Shannon yesterday, saying that if Zeke was on. 
for that last play of the half where CD lateraled it to Z and they almost scored. He said if Tony Pollard didn't, they would have scored. <laughs> Honestly, maybe. That was a maybe. sick play. That was a sick fucking play, though, dude. CD Lamb is such a god. CD's like, unreal. He freaking – those his jukes on that, like when he first caught the ball – in the left side of the field, like, and he was just running, like, laterally, dude. He was Two just nasty dead legs. Nasty, dude. He looked good. Yeah. He just looks like such a monster, so, yeah. Yeah, I Tony agree. scores He's there disgusting. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that take. Um, on the other side of the football, looking at Will's squad, he's got a lot of upside here. I really liked how Daryl Henderson looked last week. Obviously, Lamar in the running game looks right. The guy I'm going to be watching, Cortland Sutton. Um, obviously they've lost Jerry Judy for the time being. A lot of people thought Tim Patrick would be the guy to step up last week. It was Cortland Sutton. I'm a big Cortland Sutton advocate, really fast, big body, great hands. Um, I'm interested to see if Teddy starts relying more on Cortland and is going to trust him more in contested catch situations where he really excels. The New York Jets defense has actually been decent to my eye test through the first couple of weeks. They're, they're not horrible. They're not like the pushover by any means um so this is a legitimate test and i'm interested to see how Cortland sutton looks what are what are you looking for on the other side of the ball i think this is another one where this is going to come down to how will decides to set his lineup because i thought for sure you were going to say the kickers (laughs) (laughs) the leg versus the hoe dude yeah dude (laughs) um uh i i think that you there is a world where Cortland Sutton is on your bench this game. There's a world where Allen Robinson is on your bench this game. There's a world where Jonathan Taylor is on your bench this game. Uh, I think that Will has a lot of decisions to make. I can concern a bit about Jonathan Taylor because Indy is fucking terrible. He does get a lot of touches. He's averaging like 15 a game, but he's on a bad team that's going to be losing to Tennessee, I think. I mean, I guess Tennessee is also a bit of a question mark, but I would assume they'll be losing. Yeah. Um, so, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, do you put, put Daryl in the RB2 spot and then think about flex between uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, Cortland Sutton, and Mike Evans? You know, if you look, I mean, Will's got Mike Evans on the bench right now. So, you know, I would assume maybe Mike Evans finds his way into the lineup. We'll see. Um, it's, it's hard to – I think just Will has a lot of lineup curating to do um, this week. Um, and then to touch on another player, Lamar Jackson is playing Detroit. Detroit's let up like I don't know what they're averaging, but their their opponents have to be averaging like thirty five points a game. I know it's only been two games, but Lamar Jackson's going to feast. So I believe they're giving up seven point two yards per play so far. That's not very good for those <laughs> yeah. of you at home. Not uh, th- uh, let me check your math. Um, yeah, 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 you're right. All right, go ahead and give me your prediction on this one, bud. Um. I think that Will is going to win. Now, it is caveat. I'm going to pick it no matter what he does. I think it will depend on how he sets his lineup. I have my opinion on how, how he should set his lineup, but I think that, that it will be contingent on that. Um, but to, to, to speak the two for sh- or one for sure thing um, is Lamar Jackson is going to get at least like 25 points for him. So, and I guess you can say the same thing about R- Russell, but. Uh, I like uh, the upside of Will's team this week a little more. That is the caveat on us picking these games, right, is we, we can't get in your minds. We don't know how you're going to set your lineup on Sunday. We're making some assumptions here. We don't know if someone's going to be a last-minute scratch. 
we're doing our best picking these matchups on Wednesday, so take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Alec. Solid. I, yeah. Um, I just I, – I like that he's got a piece of that Kansas City game. I, I like that, that Russell Wilson's got a relatively favorable matchup. Um, I expect that whatever decision he makes at flex, I, there's, there's upside to be had there between – you know who he's currently gotten got slotted now, as well as a, you know maybe a bench option or two. So uh, I think this is a tight one. I'll take I'll take Alec to pull out a, a close one. Yes, we All have right. two disagreements. We do. That's we need that. That's the only way we're going to have different records throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. So made it through our matchups. Let's get to studs and duds. Um, I'll go ahead and start. I had two names in mind for my stud of the week. Do do I take the more obvious one, Eric, or do I get on a limb for my stud of the week? Um, you can mention both, but you have to choose one. You have to choose one as your primary stud. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think this week that Saquon Barkley gets right. If there was ever a get right oh game for God. him, it's this week. He gets Atlanta. <sighs> if he's ever gonna find the end zone. Maybe a couple of times. You saw the one from him on Monday Night Football. Um, sorry, Thursday Night Football last week. Um, I think he's got more in the tank. I think maybe the coaching staff is willing to take off the reins a little bit. The other guy I was going to mention is Justin Herbert, as an honorable mention. Um, he's going to do unspeakable things to that Kansas City defense. Uh, who's your start of the week? Um, my start of the week is another uh, another – I don't, it's not like it's not obvious, but just a guy, a guy that uh, I think is going to perform more uh, than he was. <clears throat> he's going to be a stud as re- relative to studliness uh, history. Um, Ho- Hollywood Brown against Detroit. You just mentioned how bad Detroit's been. Um, I feel like it's going to be another super high scoring game. Their secondary sucks. Hollywood Brown, do it for me, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, Dud of the week was a little bit more difficult to come up with for me at first. Um, I, I think this is actually maybe who I mentioned in week one too, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I haven't liked what I've seen from him so far. I think they're going to be in a shootout. I think they're going to throw the ball sixty times in this game. I just don't. Outside of his chance to score a, a short yardage touchdown, um, I'm not real excited about Clyde this week. Do you have your your Dud of the week on Saturday? For sure. Yeah, I have too. Well, actually, I was considering making Saquon my dud of the week. He's not, but it's 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 funny picking me as your stud, and I hope that is very much true. Um, I got two uh, duds. Okay, yeah, I'll allow it. Um, d- dud number one, almost for a similar reason that you picked uh, Clyde as Jonathan Taylor for me. Uh, Indy's running game has not looked good whatsoever. They suck. They're playing against Tennessee. Uh, they're going to be – I think they're going to be losing that game. I do not see him um, putting together uh, too much of a solid performance um, in that game. And then my other one is, like, my sad dud that I don't want to be true, but I'm going to go on a limb and say uh, uh, Terry against Buffalo with fucking Heineke passing the ball is going to be um, – you know, he's an elite player, our uh, right receiver one. I do not think he's going to put up those numbers uh, this week. So, dud, dud for scary T. I think those are both pretty fair assessments, my friend. Thank you. All right. 
let's move on to our next segment um, as we're getting close to wrapping up here. You and I have to real life NFL bets for the boys. We are each one and zero on the season. You hit in week one with Ceedee Lamb going over his receiving yards for a prop. I am one and zero with the Texans plus three in week one, getting an outright win over the Jags. Eric, do you have a pick in mind for um, week three? I do. However, if perfect you could, record if, on the line. If, if you, uh, I'm between two, so could you? If you have one, could you go first, please? And then I'll uh, sure. Mine's the total in the Monday night game between Philly and Dallas. Currently, the total set at 52 flat. I like the under in this game, under 52 at minus 110 juice, most books right now. Um, Divisional matchup. I wasn't thrilled with the pace that the Eagles played at in week two, and obviously their efficiency, particularly in the red zone, was concerning. There's a good chance they're able to move the ball better in this game against Dallas's defense. However, um, if they can't get some things sorted out with their red zone play calling um, and it's leading to more field goals than touchdowns, I'm a little bit concerned about their ability to finish drives. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, we'll see how banged up Amari Cooper is. Gallup's already out. Will they be limited at receiver? Um, unsure. Philly's been okay against the run so far, and it wouldn't shock me if their game plan is more run oriented. And they're they're again, um, it's just a slower paced game in this divisional bout. I think fifty two is just too high. Give me under fifty two on Monday Night Football. Uh, solid, solid choice. Um, on my end, I'm gonna go. Dang, this, the odds actually suck. I was going to do Christian McCaffrey anytime score. <laughs> I'm sure it's like minus two something. Yeah, it's minus 250. So, yeah. Uh, not a ton of value here, guys, but um, if you want some free money, Christian McCaffrey anytime TD score. Look you with the juice. <laughs> I know. I'm super spicy. Super spicy. Um, Before we sign off, uh, last thing, uh, new segment we were going to roll out. Dumb stuff that announcers say. Anything you wanted to throw out there is the dumbest thing you heard an announcer mention um, on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. Oh. I don't know, Steven. I'm not prepared. Here, maybe this is not an announcer. I'm going to cheat. The dumbest thing was the owner of the the New York Giants saying the saying defending the uh, taunting rule. Did you see that press conference? <laughs> no, I did not see that. <laughs> he he was talking about is that how, Edelman. Uh, is it? Yeah, I think I don't know. Whatever his name is. Did you say the Giants owner? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It was the owner. Oh, no, John Mara. It was John Mara. Yeah, co-owner of the Giants. Uh, he was just talking about how, you know, no one wants to hear, see the taunting and blah, blah, blah. Just, like, trying to speak for the fans and just at making a complete fool of himself because apparently a completely arbitrary subjective rule should completely ruin football games. Um, and I thought that was awful announcing. 
That's what I, I think. I think we can. I, that that kind of makes sense. It's not uh, necessarily there, but it's relevant. Fuck That's that good. Guy. Mine was on Sunday Night Football. I was getting annoyed with every time, like Tyson Williams or Latavius or, or whichever running back I decided to throw in there at the time, like subbed in and got another carry. Um, Chris Collinsworth would remind us of all the running back injuries the Ravens had. And it's like, imagine oh, yeah. how good this run game would look if Dobbins didn't get hurt. And that then was... Justice Hill got hurt and so on and so forth. I'm like, okay, that was we, pretty we, tragic. we got it, guys. It's week, it's week two now. These guys all got hurt in preseason. We can leave it alone at this point and just focus on the fact that these are the guys that are playing out here. Um, that was getting a little repetitive on Sunday Night Football. Still not as bad as some of the classics. Like, the only thing that anyone knows about Ray- is that he ran track those <laughs> those kinds of ones are always funny um yeah keep an eye out for dumb stuff that announcers say on sundays and we'll bring them to the show so eric that's all i got you got any uh, closing remarks for the audience yeah just good luck everyone in week three um yeah i hope i win and you lose jj <laughs> right on that guys. good luck at pump up beyond that good luck everyone <laughs> Hope everyone has an awesome weekend of football. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye. So on a scale from one to ten, how spicy is this track? Do you think you have the sauce?